This is the Invincible Career Newsletter. I'm Larry Cornett. You know, this week I want to talk a little bit about stress. Um, it's been an incredibly uh, unique and challenging time this year already. Uh, I guess we should have known better <laughs> that 2020 wouldn't leave us behind. And uh, I just wanted to ask people you know, how they're holding up. And I was asking my community, I was asking the people that follow me on uh, social media and LinkedIn how they're doing. And I want to ask you, as one of my newsletter readers and podcast listeners, how are you doing? Have you, have you found some healthy ways to manage your stress, to reduce your anxiety? I was talking with um, the folks who are in my career accelerator about some of the events that uh, have been going on the past week. And then everybody agreed it's been adding a lot of anxiety and anxiety for their teams too, because some of them are managers and leaders. So we were discussing how we're handling it. How are we taking care of ourselves, managing our personal stress levels, and what are we doing with our teams? How are we reaching out to them? And the reason this is important is that stress is a killer. I mean, I don't just mean that like, oh, stress is killing me. I mean, it literally damages your body. It is destructive for your health. And so it's easy to kind of joke around and take it lightly. You know, oh, I'm so stressed, but real stress is a, is a problem because it dumps all this cortisol in your body and makes you feel tired, gives you headaches. Um, you gain weight, you know, cortisol is a, is a strong hormone. It gives you a, a whole lot of weight gain can increase your blood pressure. You, know, you get pain. I have a lot of pain, for example, in my shoulders and, and neck where I carry my stress. You start having problems remembering things. You're like, what was I doing? Why did I come into this room? And some of that is stress. And uh, we were talking in the, the accelerator about sleep. A few of us are waking up at three or four o'clock in the morning every night. And I think it's, it's totally the stress that's doing it. For the longest time in my life, I, I accepted it. I accepted the incredibly high stress levels that I was experiencing, most of it due to work in you know, kind of the corporate world in Silicon Valley. You're always going, 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 going. Working long days, you know, 12, 14 hour days, and uh, tremendous stress at work. And I'm sure many of you listening are experiencing that right now too. A lot of pressure, a lot of conflict. A lot of uh, unknown, which is stressful too. And I thought I could just push through it. I thought it was normal. I thought this is what life is like. Quit complaining, just push through it. But I was paying a price. I mean, my health was suffering a lot. And uh, I, I talked about this before. I gained a ton of weight. Just wasn't taking care of myself. And I've learned that I can't do that anymore. I just have to maintain my physical health, my mental and emotional health, just like I do anything, you know, I maintain my car, I maintain my laptop, you know, I do all kinds of work on my physical devices to keep them running and humming and my electronics, but I don't take care of myself. So I, I've learned I have to do that. And it's not a weakness to admit that you need to take care of yourself to take the stress down a notch, right? Because when you do, you're going to be more productive, you're going to be happier. In the long run, you're going to be more successful in your life, in your career. And you can't prevent stress, right? You can't prevent the stressful situations from occurring. You have no control over that. 
I mean, some of it you might in your own personal life, but you can't stop your boss from yelling in a meeting. You can't stop projects from being given incredibly tight timelines and not enough resources and no budget, you know, or what's going on politically or economically. But what you can do is control your response to it and you can help yourself recover. That's the important thing is you use these techniques to recover more quickly, to manage it. And so in this newsletter, I shared some of the techniques that I've used to relieve my stress over the years. And I found, as I said, it doesn't just help me personally. I don't just feel better. It's improved my work productivity. I get more done and I'm more effective. I'm more creative when my stress levels are lower. So I hope this helps you too. Uh, I'm going to walk through a few of these. Um, You know, I have some calming routines that I use to kind of start the day. So I try to start the day off (laughs) on a good foot despite, you know, what the news might say. And so I don't look at the news. I've talked about this before. I don't look at my email. I don't check Twitter. I don't read the news until I go through my morning ritual. And what I, what I do is I make coffee. That's the first thing I do. I'm a creature of habit. Many of us are. And the, the research has shown that a predictable routine that you control reduces anxiety because you are deciding what you're going to do and when you're going to do it. You may not have full control over every aspect of your life, although I highly encourage it. That's what it means to have an invincible career. Um, So I make coffee, and I don't use a machine. I don't push a button and just have it happen, and that's for a few reasons. I think it's a higher quality coffee when I do my own manual process, but it also, it's a bit of a ritual for me. I make it in my Chemex. It's a pour-over method, or I, if I'm in a rush... And it's not a huge rush, but I'll use my AeroPress for that too. But I grind the beans fresh. You know, I boil the water on the stove and then I brew it manually. And the physical acts and the sensory elements, right? The the sight of the coffee blooming, the scent of that fresh coffee, it's amazing. It's very familiar to me because I've been doing it for decades. And going through these motions this ritual, which it really is, it clears my mind. It calms me down. It makes me start the day better. And then I'll go and journal, you know, and I'll do that while I'm sipping a cup of coffee. And then once I'm done with all that, then I'll check things before I go work out, but I'll check and see if there's anything I have to respond to immediately. Um, I also shared some calming music. I mean, music's powerful. And I I know you're aware of this. We all use music for various things. I use music to kind of get me pumped up when I'm working out. Uh, We use music to feel better, to get us excited. We love music. Music creates an emotional response. And you can use it to calm yourself down. You may do this, but many of us may not. We kind of have fun music that we listen to or that we enjoy. But you can use music almost like therapy. So I don't know if you've ever been to a spa or the last time you had a a massage because it's hard to get a massage these days. But you may have noticed they're always playing kind of that tranquil music in the background, right? Um, And that spa music or whatever you want to call it, sometimes it's called yoga music, zen music. uh, It almost puts me asleep. Sometimes I do fall asleep (laughs) almost every single time. So I wanted to kind of replicate that. I was like, what if I can bring that into my home and when I take a hot bath, 
which I do to kind of treat my aching muscles when I work out. And uh, it helps calm me down. And I play some of this calming music. And I, I did find some playlists. One of them has 13 hours, like over 13 hours of music. So it's plenty of time uh, if you want to take a hot bath or just lie down in a dark room for a minute and listen to this on the headphones. So check them out. I have them linked in the newsletter next time you want to bliss out a little bit. And most of the the things that I'm describing in the newsletter that you'll get in the email and I'm talking about right now, um, the links will be in the online version. And the reason I do this, and some people are wondering, why do you force us to go to the online version to get access to the playlist and the links and the music and all that stuff? And that's because, as I've mentioned before, the email clients, they don't like a lot of links. So Gmail will look at an email with a ton of links in it, which a newsletter often does, and they think it's spam. And so it'll go to your, uh, your spam folder. Same with many other email clients, right? It hurts the deliverability. So I'm going to have all the links in the online version, so you can go check it out. But I didn't want to fill up the email with them. And, and maybe you don't even get a chance to see this email because I do that, right? Um, so then I also shared some relaxing videos, which is interesting because it blends the sound elements. So sometimes it's the sound of a waterfall, for example, which is very calming. Uh, the sound of water always calms human beings down. Or it's music, so they'll you know, have some relaxing music as a kind of a background bed of music to the video. And the videos are incredible. Um, I should have looked for these earlier. I use some when I do rowing, which is like it's like you're rowing on the water. So you're literally in a river or an ocean, and you're watching that while you're rowing, which is kind of cool. Um, but they have a whole bunch of these, and I've created a playlist just to start capturing them. So there's waterfalls, there's rivers, there's forests, there's snowy scenes and mountains. Uh, you can even take a walk through Hobbiton. <laughs> so if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you can actually go and look at the Hobbit village. Uh, it's kind of cool. It's surprisingly relaxing. You know, go full screen with it. Put the headphones on and you're listening to this calming music and beautiful scenery and it's very um, slow paced you know they don't rush through anything and I found even watching it for a couple of minutes I was like oh wow you know the tension just releases in my body I also added because I'm a fan some Bob Ross painting videos I hope you know Bob Ross if you don't know Bob Ross wow check it out um, very popular in the uh, 70s and 80s you know, just listening to him talk, describing what he's painting and, and kind of walking you through it, it's so relaxing. He is a very, was a very calming individual. So I've added a few of those to playlists. Now I'm going to keep adding videos as I go and find more. So subscribe to the playlist if you want to pop in and watch a relaxing video sometime you know, between meetings. Uh, meditation is really good or so I'm told <laughs> many of my friends love to meditate uh, especially the ones that are into yoga and so forth uh, they use headspace which has an app as well I've tried it um, it doesn't work for me I don't know what's going on um, I've struggled with the traditional meditation so I'm gonna this is a case of as I said do as I say not as I do <laughs> I know that meditation has huge benefits. The research is undeniable. 
but I have to do something different to get into a meditative state. And I have certain activities that calm me down and, and kind of clear my mind. And one of those is sketching. So I sketch patterns and I doodle and I, I draw things and the physical action. So I do this, you know, in a paper notebook with pencils and pens. There's something about it, about drawing the patterns and, and just focusing on that action that I've noticed when I do it, my breathing slows down and I start breathing slower and deeper and my heart rate slows down. It's, uh, it's amazing. It works really well for me. And I've found that there are other people who do simple physical actions like that. You know, some of them are chores that they have to perform, but they become very in the moment with them and it becomes a form of meditation. It has the same benefits. So speaking of heart rate slowing down, um, biofeedback is cool. You may have heard of biofeedback. I don't know if you haven't. Um, still pretty popular. There was a moment in time when everybody was talking about biofeedback machines. I have a pulse oximeter that I use that um, it just goes on your fingertip and it measures your heart rate and your blood oxygen saturation levels. So the, the original reason that we got it was to track ourselves and detect early symptoms of COVID because that is an indicator. If your blood saturation levels are dropping below something like 94, 95 uh, consistently, and they do kind of, they vary from time to time. But if you're noticing that your blood saturation levels are dropping or they're staying low, that's not a good sign. There's something going on. Um, but I use it as a biofeedback device. It was kind of accidental, really. You know, I turn it on, it starts measuring your heart rate. And I would see that it was, I don't know, higher than I'd like it to be. And so I just intentionally started breathing more deeply and I calmed myself and I focused on slowing my heart rate. And I used to do this during meditation way back in the, gosh, when was this? Late eighties. I took a class on this, um, some psychology classes and philosophy classes. And one of the things that we talked about was meditation and slowing your heart rate. I can take my heart rate from over 80 to below 50 in like less than a minute, just by watching, watching it on the monitor and intentionally controlling my heart rate and calming myself and just saying, okay, slower, slower, slower drops below 50. And when you slow your heart rate and your breathing, your feelings of stress and anxiety drop too. Um, it's become a game in our house. I mentioned that <laughs> I have uh, younger children and um, especially my teenager likes to show how low he can get his heart rate. He's like, mine's 47. What's yours? <laughs> so it's become a bit of a game in our house. Um, I mentioned exercise. I've talked about exercise all the time. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but it's great for stress. You know, if I didn't work out every day, if I didn't lift weights, you know, I'd be so much more stressed. And I know when I miss a day, something happens, I have an early appointment and it, and it kind of interferes. I feel off all day. Uh, it's, it's not good for me. I love exercise. Sleep, super important. Don't, don't cut corners with your sleep. A lot of people do. I used to, you know, I want to get more done. You know, that whole hustle mentality, you know, being proud of being busy. And we think we maybe get enough sleep. And maybe we even think we're sleeping eight hours a night, but 
it's really about the deep sleep and, and getting into the REM sleep and so forth. Mark Sisson, who talks about this stuff all the time, he has the primal blueprint. Uh, he wrote a definitive guide to sleep, which I linked in the newsletter. has a lot of techniques that it links to. Um, you've probably heard about blue light. Our smartphones emit blue light. Our laptops do. There's lots of electronic devices that put out blue light, which has the same effect as sunlight. So even if the sun is down and you're in your house at night, but if you're staring at a screen, it's keeping you up and it's it's affecting your ability to fall asleep later. So a lot of devices have allowed kind of a nighttime setting. I know my phone does too, my iPhone, where it changes the blue light. So you should try to avoid that when you're trying to get to sleep. Keep your bedroom pitch black. And this was a, a thing that we were doing wrong too. We had chargers that glowed. People have alarm clocks that glow, you know, light switches that glow, you name it. Your room is not as dark as you think it is. And when you use heavy curtains and you get rid of all the electronic devices and things that emit light, your room gets completely black. And that's what you need to get a good night's sleep. So you should do that. Being consistent when, when you go to sleep, you know, I use a journal before I go to bed to capture those buzzing ideas and all those to-dos. It's like stressing me out. It's like, oh, I got to do this and I got to do that tomorrow. And if you don't put it down somewhere, it keeps spinning around your brain. So I use the journal to write it all down. So I feel okay. It's like, okay, I've captured everything I can think of. Now I can rest. Um, getting outdoor time, super important. I've talked about green exercise before. Getting natural sunlight is very beneficial, especially during the winter months. So when the, the days are shorter and you're getting less sunlight, it, it can have an effect. I know that I suffer from seasonal affective disorder. I, I feel a little bit depressed. I feel down during the winter months because of the lack of light. And so we bought a light therapy lamp a couple of years ago that we use. You know, you use it for like 20 minutes. Like when I'm having my coffee and reading and writing in my journal, turn on the light and try to get some of that bright um, sunlight effect, which helps improve your mood. Um, it boosts your mood. It, it helps release serotonin. So it's all super beneficial. And if you're not in a place that has a lot of light during the winter months, if you're far north like Alaska, you might want to consider light therapy. But it's important. Take a break during the day between meetings. Just go outside and go for a short walk, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes. Get some, get some sunlight, get some fresh air. Laughter is great. I talked about laughter. You know, I just got a book. Um, Jerry Seinfeld's latest book is This Anything. God is a gift for the holidays. And it's great. I mean, I love comedy. I've talked about this before. I love humorists. I really enjoy the their writing. Um, and it made me laugh out loud. It really did. Some of his observations. So if you have something that makes you laugh whether it's a comedian or, or a book or whatever, you know, pull it up the next time you need a stress break. I mean, laughter does reduces stress hormones, lowers your blood pressure, boosts your T cells, your immune system. I mentioned comfort foods. So this is one where we have to be careful. It's easy to turn to the, the junk food and comfort foods like potato chips and salty foods and sweet foods and and alcohol when we're feeling stressed. And the junk food in the end makes you feel worse. I mean, it really does. Um, I've stopped drinking alcohol. You know, I was having drinks um, last year, you know, take the edge off in the evening because, wow, <laughs> it was a stressful year. 
but I wasn't feeling good, you know, and I could tell that it was impacting my weightlifting too. Like it, it's been researched. Alcohol inhibits protein synthesis, which means you're not getting muscle growth like you should. So Thanksgiving was the last time I had a drink. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm just going to stop this. And I feel great. I don't even feel like I want it anymore. I know that I don't feel good when I drink, so I'm just done with it. Um, but comfort meals can help, right? Cook a meal that you remember from your childhood, something that your parents prepared. It can make you feel better. You know, the smell of the food, the taste, kind of transports you back in time and, and makes you feel better. Entertainment. So there's comforting entertainment. Um, we all have favorite shows that we've watched, favorite books that we've read, and a lot of people will re-watch shows. They'll reread books. Why would they do that? <laughs> you know what the show's about. You know how it's going to end. Well, the familiar is comforting. There's been a lot of research uh, on things that are familiar and nostalgia. I, I linked some of the research by this uh, Dr. Clay Routledge, I guess it's pronounced. But nostalgia increases your positive mood, your sense of connectedness, optimism, which we really need right now. It's almost like time travel. You're going back to a happier moment in time, and you can control that. You can watch a show from a moment in time that you remember being happy or read a book that you remember that you read when you were younger and happier, maybe. Um, and I talked about some of my favorite shows like Northern Exposure and MASH. I mean, they're feel-good shows, you know. They're, they're not really deep and intellectually stimulating. I mean, a few of them might be, a few of the episodes, but they just make you feel good. Um, I mentioned sex. This can probably make some people uncomfortable. Plug your ears. I'm sorry, but it's good for you. Uh, you know, I understand there is a wide spectrum of thoughts about sex. It's a very controversial topic and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but the research is pretty clear. They've done research and it shows that it can boost levels of antibodies in your body, lower your blood pressure, reduce risk of heart attack, improve your sleep, you know, in it, launches a whole bunch of feel-good hormones, right? Oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, a lot of benefits. So that's all I'm going to say on that. Finally, you know, if you're struggling with this, you don't have to do it alone. There are plenty of online resources that are so much easier to access than ever before. Um, I linked a few of them. BetterHelp is one. You can set up sessions with a dedicated professional therapist. Talkspace is a popular one. You've probably heard of it. You can have therapy, kind of unlimited access to a dedicated therapist. A friend of mine used to work at Seven Cups. That's also a very popular one. It's a, a little bit different. You know, it's an anonymous platform where you can connect with a trained listener, so someone who will listen to you, or if you need to, connect with a professional therapist. I just want to mention that if you're a manager, so you are leading people, you obviously have to take care of yourself. You're human. You have stress and anxiety. Take care of yourself, but check in with your team too. See how people are doing. You can do this by kind of kicking off every meeting with a few minutes of going around and just asking everyone, how are you doing? How are you holding up? It's okay to be human. It's okay to not be 100,000% productive in every meeting. The thing that we're missing with these online Zoom meetings is those few minutes at the beginning when you're waiting for everybody to show up where everybody's kind of just talking about stuff. Hey, what'd you do over the weekend? 
how are things going? Oh, I did this. I had that. I saw this show or I went to a concert. We don't do as much of that now. And I think people miss it. I think that's part of the the fatigue that people are feeling. Now, not everyone's going to be comfortable with that. Some people don't want to talk about their anxiety in a meeting. That adds more anxiety. So set up one-on-ones. I'm still disappointed to hear that some managers are not having consistent one-on-one meetings with their people. I was talking with somebody who said, oh, I have one about every seven weeks. I mean, come on, man. If you're a manager, you're a leader, the reason you're succeeding, the reason your company is succeeding is your people, the employees. They aren't machines. They're human beings. Make time. That's what it means to be a manager and a leader. It's about the people. You're not managing or leading devices, computers, servers. You're leading people. So make the time to meet with your direct reports. Have one-on-one meetings. I think you should have them every week. If you have a huge team, maybe you can't. Maybe it's every couple of weeks. Make the time for it. And be a source of compassion. Care about people. I know some leaders struggle with EQ. But like anything, you have strengths, you have weaknesses. This might be one you have to work on. Because being a leader means that you care about the people. So work on your EQ. Fake it till you make it. Ask questions. Talk with them. Listen. Listen, listen, listen. It's so important. And don't add more stress. Set up some dedicated meetings where this is really all you're doing. It could be a short meeting. It could be like a 15-minute check-in. Just find out about their well-being. How are they doing? What are they struggling with? How can you help? This isn't the meeting to dump more expectations on them and say, you know, glad to hear you're doing okay. You're behind on that project. It's like, come on. (laughs) There are other places I'm sure you're talking about those kind of things. Take care of your people. So that's it. What have you found works for you? Is there something that I've missed, something that you think is, you know, a tremendously effective stress-busting technique? Uh, Sure. Come back to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com and let us know in the comments. Uh, feel free to talk with me in the comments too, or reach out to me. You know, I'm, I'm willing to be a good listener. You know, I talk with my community, I talk with my clients, but I talk with people that just reach out to me, you know, on, on Twitter and so forth. Um, I'm hoping things get better this year. You know, the, there is a pendulum that swings. There's an ebb and a flow pattern to everything. What goes up must come down. So all these high stress and anxiety levels, they can't stay elevated forever. All the chaos can't be chaotic forever. I'm hoping that this year is going to help us return to a little bit of normalcy. That'd be fantastic. All right. Well, that's it for this week and best of luck with managing your stress. And as I said, reach out to me if you'd like to talk about it. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.